Don't want to work forever? Once you can cover your living expenses with passive income, your day job becomes optional and you reach financial independence. You then have complete control over your time, your money, and your life in general. Spark Rental founders Denny Suplee and Brian Davis, me, are here to help you build rental income, ditch your day job, and do what matters most to you. So on that note, let's jump into today's episode, which, like all of our episodes, was recorded live. Welcome, everyone, to Spark Reynolds podcast, YouTube, Facebook Live, and everything (laughs) else that we're on in these things. Last week, we talked about the gift of time. And this week, a subject that I hear in the real estate realm of like the professionals and, and pretty much everywhere, should you buy in the in the dip in the real estate craziness right now? So with that, make sure that you let us know where you're tuning in from. If you have any questions, pop them in there. And without further ado, Brian, why don't you tell us Let's start with about timing the market, which so many of us try to do with our crystal balls. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I hear homeowners and real estate investors alike talk about, you know, trying to the time real estate markets, trying to buy the dip uh, and with stock markets and, mm-hmm. and everything else in, in uh, anything else you can invest in. And so I want to start by just saying that trying to time any market is just inherently a bad idea. Like, <laughs> I mean, there, there are so many reasons why, but first of all, you have to be right twice, right? Like you, you have to be right <laughs> when you buy, uh, buying low, and then you have to be right again, timing the market when it's high. So <laughs> yeah, it's, it just doesn't, it doesn't work in stocks. It doesn't it's work gambling. in real estate. It is gambling. The, so for example, I hear people say, oh, you know, the next time there's a real estate crash, I'm going to, I'm going to buy a bunch of properties or I'm going to buy a second home or whatever it is. But the fact is the, the next low point, you know, in, in the next real estate crash could be higher than today's pricing, right? I mean, the market could go up and I'm not saying that that's what's going to happen right, right now, because home prices are cooling around the country as we speak. But just generally speaking, when someone says that, my response is, all right, so home prices could go up another 15% and then dip by 7%. And they're still going to be higher than today's prices. And, and you don't know, you don't have a crystal ball that's any better than economists or market analysts. The smartest, best informed experts in the world don't know exactly when markets will shift, how far up or down they'll go before they turn again. So it just doesn't make sense. And it's hubris if you think that you are going to be able to time real estate markets perfectly. Uh, and real estate is in some ways harder to time than stocks because real estate mm-hmm. is inherently illiquid. So it takes, it takes a lot of time and money to both buy properties and again to sell properties as opposed to stocks, which you can buy and sell for free at a moment's notice. Um, now that being said, real estate markets move in much slower motion compared to stocks. But yeah, given how illiquid real estate is, uh, this whole notion of of trying to time markets is just bad. Now, having gotten all of that out of the way, <laughs> we, <laughs> we we can talk about buying the dip and you know how it can kind of sort of make sense. Uh, real estate is cyclical. It does sometimes drop in price. 
like we just mentioned a minute ago, there are hundreds of cities in the U.S. that are dropping in price right now. Um, and we're actually, so we, we have a, every quarter, we update an interactive map on cities where home prices are declining. Uh, and we're actually about to update that article later this week uh, and that interactive map. Uh, but I was looking at some of the data yesterday and it's something like 250 cities out of the nearly 900 that Zillow tracks uh, that are seeing declining prices uh, over the last quarter. Now, it's a lot fewer than that that are seeing declining prices over the last year. Um, but that doesn't really tell you the whole story about market movements right now. First half of 2022 was very, very strong for real estate. And then markets grew to a halt in the second half as high interest rates took a toll. So uh, yes, housing markets do sometimes drop in price. We're seeing that right now in many markets around the country. And that can create bargains, right? And as do an you investor, think that... Because there was such a jump, like in my area, like a ridiculous, like it didn't even, it was kind of crazy how high things went. Um, and now I'm seeing them sit on the market longer and definitely big time falling down. Yeah. And the markets that uh, jumped the most during and, and after the pandemic, um, a lot of those markets got distorted where they, they shot too high up. And now those are the markets that are crashing the hardest, mm -hmm. whereas some of the markets that rose more slowly and steadily uh, during the pandemic, uh, they're not taking the same kind of hit that cities like Boise or Austin, um, you know, some of these high flyers during the pandemic, um, because they they shot they overshot the market fundamentals, right? So. Uh, local median incomes could not support the, the, the home prices uh, that some of those markets were seeing. Uh, and so they're crashing the hardest now, whereas many markets will, will probably not dip at all over the next year. Um, or if they do, they might dip a, a very small amount, uh, but not the way some of those high flyers are going to come crashing back down to earth. Um, so yeah, housing markets are cyclical. Right now, a, a lot of markets are seeing declining prices that can create bargains and all investors mm -hmm. should be on the lookout for bargains uh, just in general, right? So, you know, speaking of home, home values being cyclical, we will put a link uh, in the show notes to uh, some graphs and just an overview of exactly how cyclical housing markets work and how market housing market corrections work, uh, like Denny and I were just talking about. Um, so, yeah, today's market is a little unusual. So it's it's being driven by high interest rates and that is causing some markets to cool, but lower property prices still aren't that appealing if you have to pay super high interest in order to buy them, right? Yes. So it still it still costs you a bunch of money from a monthly cash flow perspective. Uh, you still may not, you know, if you're a, a rental investor, uh, as Denny and I are, and as many of us here who... Uh, listen to this show are, uh, you know, those, those high interest rates are still going to put a huge dent in your cash flow, and, and so you still may not come out ahead. Now, you can come out ahead if you are buying in cash right now, right? Like lower, lower property prices coupled with high interest rates doesn't have to be a net zero for you if you're not borrowing money to begin with. If you're buying mm -hmm. in cash, that's all upside for you. 
right? So cash investors have an advantage right now. You can also get creative with lower interest financing. We just published an article today on that very topic, uh, which again, we'll, we'll put a link to in the show notes here. Um, but you can get super creative with this between negotiating owner financing to things like house hacking for a year. So you get owner occupied mortgage interest rates instead of investor mortgage interest rates. Um, you can do live in flips. You can do all kinds of creative things to get lower interest rates than you would pay otherwise as a real estate investor. So consider some of those creative ideas. We're not going to go through all those right now. We've, we've already done a podcast episode on some of those. Mm -hmm. So, but yeah, check so, out some well, of those. I mean, events. rents are going up as well. So, I mean, technically there are some deals that you could buy, even with higher interest rates that you still will come out ahead on. Absolutely. So, and that's one thing that we saw. That was one of those market distortions that we saw in the pandemic and its aftermath was home prices shot through the roof, but rents actually didn't budge until the federal eviction moratorium ended. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> rents started sprinting to try to catch up with home prices. So home prices are now declining in many markets where rents are still going up. Mm -hmm. And and that equilibrium is still being uh, determined. So as a, as a rental investor, you can find some bargains right now in markets where prices are cooling, rents are still going up, uh, and may continue to, to go up. Right. Um, and in fact, this is something that Denny, you and I have talked about many times before, how rents actually don't drop during recessions. Home prices often drop by five to 10% during recessions, but rents don't drop. They, they may flatline. For example, in the great recession, rents flatlined for a couple of years. Um, and landlords can see other challenges such as higher turnover rates, higher eviction rates, um, higher default rates, and and uh, you know higher vacancy rates. You know, so you can have some other challenges as a landlord, um, but rents don't drop during recessions. So you can at least count on uh, the rents staying steady. Um, if you're going out and, and bargain hunting right now for rental properties, you don't have to worry about rents falling off from under you when you're calculating cash flow. Uh, and and this shameless. also, I just want to mention, it's so important for landlords to continually increase the rents, you know, on a regular basis. Because what I did see um, and what I have been hearing, at least in this Pennsylvania area, is people who have been paying the same rent for say four or five years, even you know through the epidemic, um, were increased substantially, and it was ticket shock. So yeah, it's not fair for land landlords trying to often be like nice guys and oh I'm not going to raise the rent this year I'm not going to raise the rent this year, and then four years go by and they realize that they're charging you know twenty thirty percent less than market rents and they're like well wait a minute you know mm -hmm. I, I'm leaving all this money on the table so then they go or out I'm losing and they, money at this point right yeah so because your property taxes are going up your your, motor, your landlord insurance is going up all that stuff so then they go out and they try to raise rents by. 20, 25%. And that's just not fair to the tenants. It's, it's sticker shock for them. Like you, like you just said, Denny. So instead of putting your tenants through that, and you know, in many cases, your tenants just won't be able to pay it and they'll have to move out. Just raise the rents by 3%, 5%, you know, 6%, whatever a year, uh, you know, as the market bears. And that way, it, you can set expectations with your renters that the, the rent will go up every year, but, but we're not going to totally sticker shock you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's going to go up by 5% or whatever a year. 
uh, and it will be manageable. Uh, we're not going to hit you with a 20% or 25% rent hike, which is, is just not fair. So, you know, stop trying to be a nice guy and yeah. just have a, 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 just approach it like a business. Um, and you'll find that you'll actually end up doing your tenants a favor by not uh, falling into that trap. And then you, you know, for all of you that have trouble with that or <laughs> all the other things that are going on, you know, maintenance issues, there are alternatives, right, Brian? <laughs> uh, yeah. So let's, let's talk takeaways here. Cause, and, and I do, I want to, want to tie back to what you just said, Denny, about some of alternative models for investing. Uh, but a couple of takeaways about buying real estate, you know, during the dip or trying to time markets, uh, you know, buying while markets are, are cooling or cooler at the moment. Uh, first of all, like we just talked about buy and hold real estate long-term plan on buying for cash flow. Don't try to speculate on appreciation. Um, you, so we have a, a rent or free rental cash flow calculator. Use that. You know, find properties that cash flow well. Uh, these don't have to be sexy investments. They just need to cash flow well. So buy them, hold them long term. If there's a recession, no big deal. You just you keep keep uh, collecting rents. Keep paying down your mortgage. Uh, let the property cash flow, and then in five years from now, ten years from now, you know, if you want to sell, by that point, you probably have some appreciation. We will have long passed this this cooler mm -hmm. housing market that we're in right now. Uh, but plan on buying and holding long term for cash flow, not speculating on appreciation. Now, to to your point, Denny, about uh, alternative models of investing, I, as a stock investor, I am a big fan of the the slow and steady dollar cost averaging. So, you know, if, if I have a, an influx of cash, for example, from, I don't know, a, a tax refund, you know, if I inherited money from great aunt Sally, who I never met or something, uh, you know, I don't plunge all that money into the market immediately. I, I, I spread it out over time by just, you know, every week, a little bit of money goes into my robo advisor and that way, um, I will, my returns will mimic the market returns, um, not trying to make place a big bet all at once or anything like that. Um, yeah, again, it's called dollar cost averaging and it's just slowly and steadily plugging money into the market. Now with real estate investing, that's hard, right? Because a down payment costs tens of thousands of dollars. So you have to spend a bunch of time saving up the down payment and then you have to put all your money into one asset. So there are a couple of ways you can dollar cost average with real estate rather than trying to time the market or, or having to plug all your money into a single asset, you can invest in real estate crowdfunding. Uh, and some of these platforms let you invest with as little as 10 bucks. So it's not like you have to save up a bunch of money in order to invest. Uh, you can literally just invest your, uh, you know, those, those lattes that you skipped over the next couple of weeks, you can put money towards real estate crowdfunding investments instead of lattes. Um, if you want to get a little bit more serious about, well, that's the wrong way of putting it. But if you want to invest a little bit more, but far less than a down payment, Denny and I have a co-investing club uh, where we invest in real estate syndications. And each of our club members can invest as little as $5,000 per syndication. And if you're not familiar with real estate syndications, they're basically fractional ownership in large apartment complexes. This is the very, very short an oversimplified <laughs> answer. Uh, and typically these require a minimum investment of 50 to hundred grand per person. We go in as a club so we can each invest with as little as five grand per person. Um, 
And again, it makes it easier to dollar cost average, putting smaller amounts of money into multiple different real estate investments rather than having to put, you know, $80,000 into a down payment on a rental property, for example. And uh, as and part can... of the club, you get the, um, I like that there's different levels of experience. So you can almost even learn from some other people and it's, it's a cool experience. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and uh, we put in a couple of links to uh, real estate crowdfunding investments that you can invest in with very little money and also um, a link to an article about real estate syndications and how they work. I also added a link to our co-investing club if that's something that appeals to you. Um, but that's been my approach uh, for the last year or so is just every month, you know, put some money into real estate syndications. Um, and, you know, each one of those is a big apartment complex. So I have, you know, very small fractional ownership in a bunch of different apartment complexes around the country. Uh, so it's, it's a good way to spread out risk um, and not try to tie on the market. Uh, and, uh, you know, as we wrap up here, we want to leave you with a parting thought about housing as an investment in general, because a lot of people are, you know, if you listen to the pundits, the, the sky is falling on <laughs> real estate markets right now. Right. And, you know, no one should ever invest in real estate, you know, blah, 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 blah. The simple fact is that the United States has a housing shortage. Now experts disagree on exactly how many units that shortage is. So for example, Moody's analytics pegs that housing shortage at 1.6 housing units. Uh, Up for Growth did a study uh, a year or so back that uh, found the U.S. is 3.8 housing units short. Um, it doesn't matter. We're still talking about millions of housing units that the United States is short. And that's not going away because housing starts have been declining for 11 straight months now. So this this problem of the housing shortage is not ameliorating anytime soon. Mm -hmm. um, here's one last statistic for you. So in the last 10 years or so, this is roughly from 2012 to 2021, there were 12.3 million US households that were formed, but during the time, only 7 million housing units were built. So, you know, that's, that's a shortfall during that decade of 5.3 million housing units. Wow. Uh, yeah. So the bottom line is that, yes, housing markets are cooling at the moment, largely driven by uh, high interest rates and the fact that some markets overshot their fundamentals during the pandemic. But real estate in general is very much a, a worthwhile long-term investment. Uh, we are not going to have a surplus of housing anytime soon mm -hmm. in the U.S. And everybody so, needs a roof over their head. Everybody needs a roof. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to argue with that. Denny, is there anything else that you wanted to touch on before we call this episode complete? Um, no, but I'm going to say something here about my eagles. So go <laughs> eagles. <laughs> and uh, I'm, hopefully don't piss off people. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Well, all right. On that note, go Eagles. You know, my, my Ravens got knocked out in the wild card weekend. So, you know, I guess I guess I can get behind the Eagles. <laughs> all right, guys. Have a great rest of your week and stay in touch. We'll talk yes. to you soon. Bye-bye. Did you know we offer a free eight-video course on how to reach financial independence with real estate? It's super bingeable with each video around 10 minutes long, but packed with information. 
Visit sparkrental.com slash learn for instant access. And please don't forget to rate and review our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. Thanks for joining us. And we will catch you on the flip side. Shh.